Hello and a very warm welcome to The Roadmap, the brand new tech law podcast from the commercial technology team here at Bristow's. My name's Rob Powell. I'm an associate in the Bristow's tech team, and I'm joined by my co-host for today, Alice Eswola, also an associate in our tech team. So how are you doing, Alice? I'm good. Thanks, Rob. Lovely stuff. The Roadmap podcast is all about digital transformation and how it's affecting our clients' businesses. So today on The Roadmap, we'll be starting at the beginning and looking at how to approach a digital transformation project. Our expert guest for today to discuss this topic is our very own Vic Karana, a partner in the technology team here at Bristow's. So how do we find you today, Vic? How's it going? I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Looking forward to getting um, stuck into this. So let's start off with some, some context, Vic. You know, what is, what is a digital transformation? Um, and why is it at the top of the agenda for, for most kind of boards and execs at the moment? Yeah, thanks for the question, Rob. So I think there's a few different things to cover there. So in terms of why it's important at the top of the agenda for people, I mean, there's a few points to make. I mean, the first one is sort of what I'd call stakeholder expectations. Everyone, you know, consumers, employees think that everything needs to work a bit like an app, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a kind of expectation everywhere at the moment. I know um, you know, personally, I was I was booking my cat into the cattery uh, last week, and the cattery have their own kind of online customer portal in which you know to manage their bookings, and, and you log on and have a you know have access. And that's obviously a business that five, ten years ago would have been completely kind of analog, wouldn't have had to to deal with with any kind of digital aspects whatsoever. So, yeah, I think that you you kind of can't escape the digital landscape really. Even cats have apps, same. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the the other things I'd say about why it's so important at the moment is it's more sort of business centric. So you've got what I'd call sort of challenges. You've got these new companies in in, in all all different markets with these sort of tech enabled business models that are disrupting sort of traditional businesses. And business leaders and execs, you know, know that, and they know that using digital technology is an important leg up and a way to respond to that challenge. Um, another reason I think it's important is, you know, opportunities that digital technology opens up. So, you know, new ways to re- reach wider audiences like e-commerce, social media, or, you know, running data analytics and things like that. And, you know, we finally kind of resilience, like we've all lived through the pandemic and, Aside from, you know, the more adverse effects of it, you know, people have been working from home and consumers have been engaging differently with brands, um, as well as this overarching kind of world of cybersecurity and new types of threats. So there's also a need, you know, recognized at board level to implement new technology to reflect how we work and and how stakeholders and consumers behave, um, and also to increase resilience to respond to those new types of threats. So a lot of reasons why it's front and center at the moment, I think. Thanks, Vic. I think we can definitely see why so many companies are are making digital transformation a top priority. In your view and in your experience, what sort of tech or tools do companies need to sort of have in their armour to get themselves ready for a digital transformation project? Yeah, it's a really good question. um, And it's important to unpack it. I mean, you know, I, I could list off a bunch of the kind of tech-based buzzwords that we all kind of hear. I mean, the way I sort of think about it is sort of organized into sort of two sort of themes. So you've got the technologies themselves that enable the transformation, but also sort of the processes and strategies that sit 
around those technologies to enable people to take advantage of them and to sort of leverage them. So some of the technologies that enable digital um, and transformation are things like cloud, uh, things like data, uh, things like AI, automation, blockchain, 5G, all those kinds of kinds of things, you know, the classic types of technologies that we're, we're seeing emerge. Yeah, and just, just to pick up, just to kind of bring it to a practical example on that, um, going, going to cloud, first of all. So um, I dealt with an example recently where a, a video special effects company um, moved basically all of their data uh, to the cloud um, and were, were using that that cloud space to run their business. And so you can see how, you know, them moving all of their material to the cloud, that's obviously pivotal to the business and their business, how they, how they run their business, but they might not have worked on that kind of, you know, tech deal before, uh, not dealt with that technology before. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a kind of a practical example, really, of, of that kind of transformation. Yeah, that's a really good example. So, so, so that's the sort of tech, and 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 where I kind of focus on a lot of my time is around the processes around it, and and by that I mean the kinds of strategies that a business can use and to to try and actually take advantage of those kinds of technologies. So it could be things like you know, setting up internally an, an agile process to develop some of them. Uh, kind of in-house it could be about how a business works with kind of its third-party partners when you think about things like outsourcing and procurement and the mix of technologies and vendors and partners in the mix um, it could even be kind of what we would think of as sort of corporate strategic activity like you know creating an incubator within the business to kind of house kind of new technology development and, and invest in startups it could even be th- doing things like a strategic acquisition or a joint venture with a tech company to try and get access to that kind of uh, digital capability. Yeah, and you can, you can definitely see the need for that. So to sort of ground it in, in reality and give a practical example, it could be something like a media company that already works with um, a partner, third-party supplier that provides data analytics services from an AI or machine learning perspective, then either entering into a joint venture or, or indeed acquiring the company so that they can bolster their own campaigning initiatives by, for example, having data-driven campaigns and, and using analytics and machine learning to target customers in the most optimal way. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Vic, for mentioning both the technologies and the processes that companies can put in place to prepare themselves for digital transformation. Some of the things you mentioned, like cloud, data and AI, we're going to take a deeper dive into on future episodes. So please do keep a watch out for those um, in future. Thanks, Alice. So we've talked about why, why why would we do a digital transformation and and why it's so important right now um, and talk through some of the examples that we see across our desks. But what I want to get into now, Vic, if, if we can, is how might lawyers and advisors, you know, grappling with these projects, think about their role and how do they approach that? How can they how can they add value, I guess? Yeah, it's a really good question because a lot of what we're dealing with is, is kind of quite new in a way, potentially. And certainly some of the kind of lawyers or advisors in this space, they may be working for an organization and they've got a skill set that was relevant and is relevant, but they're asked to kind of help run digital projects or advise the business on how best to do them, some of the risk around them, what's the best way to achieve the outcome. So my sort of starting point for people who kind of engage on those kinds of projects are to gain an understanding of sort of the technology and the solution that the kind of project team 
is actually seeking if they even know um what what that is because i think i don't think people need to be a technology expert um but it does help to try and be that person who kind of asks some questions to work out how it works and what actually is being procured in the project or what's being developed because it does help you kind of spot the issues that no one else will so for example you know we kind of see it all the time where you know a project is based on some existing systems or applications or a whole kind of set of infrastructure but it's being pointed or positioned in a different way or different people will engage with it like you can imagine consumers interacting with an app so once you know you understand what the objective is you can think about what risks could be you know do we have the ability and the rights to use what we've got uh, within the business for this this purpose and similarly where you know it could be a brand new project to develop a brand new digital project product that you know it's only going to be the lawyers who understand that it could put the business in the crosshairs of a brand new area of regulation you know something like you can imagine an application or mobile app that does clinical diagnostics or something and people could end up becoming regulated by virtue of that and you know without necessarily realizing it I mean, there's lots of lots of other things I think that lawyers kind of grapple with or kind of add value here. I mean, one of the things that is recognizing that a lot of these projects involve different sort of stakeholders and different subject matter experts across the business, and sometimes everyone brings their own sort of perspective. Um, but quite often, it's the lawyers in the room or the advisors who can sort of say, "Look, can you explain to me how that works again?" Because chances are, other people are also asking the same question. It could benefit from a bit of a a, di a dive into it. So allowing having a culture where you know, can allow people to sort of say i don't understand and help also help people realize that there are a lot of steps involved in actually setting up and implementing a transformational project like this that's got a lot of kind of implications yeah i I'd definitely kind of second that i think it's really important to have that that culture where you can just ask the questions and and you know not be afraid to say i don't understand this how does it work um because often you know the people you're dealing with whether that be kind of in the business or a third party supplier they they live this technology and they might not be kind of breaking it down or or explaining it in in, in the right way for, for for you to get so i think it's it's really important and it, as you say it helps with that issue spotting which is is where we can really add value definitely and you know to add to that obviously we're kind of talking about the the beginning of the digital transformation process but it's important to make sure that at the start you're putting in in place processes that will allow the digital transformation to be successful longer term so having that culture of openness also means that everyone's on the same page about what exactly is being provided and if you know the product owner or, or the sales team member who, who brought in the project the product are gone somebody else in future can pick it up and completely understand what it does and how it's supposed to function and on, on that point um how how, Vic, do you see businesses being able to strike the right balance in terms of moving forward with digital transformation projects? I think often as lawyers, we come, we come across people who sort of say, oh, no, actually, it's, it's agile or, or it's being developed in a specific way. We don't, we don't need to write it down. Yeah. How, how do you see <laughs> lawyers and other stakeholders being able to strike that balance? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. The question of balance, because you know, m most of the time these projects you know, have a lot of buy-in at a very senior level. There's a real push and momentum to implement and deliver them, and you know, 
lawyers and advisors, they don't want to be seen to try and put you know, stops on the project. They want to be seen to enable it. They should. But at the same time, I think we have a role. They have a role in encouraging a balanced and proportionate approach. So, you know, so, some some of the questions that people can ask is, is you know, not necessarily can we do this because that answer will often be solved at a technical sort of solution level. It's it should we and 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 why are we? I mean, there's this whole area of digital ethics, for example. So you know, when we're talking about data or AI or automation, things that impact on you know consumers or people or or the workforce, sometimes it's kind of the advisor's role to be thinking about what the impact on those people is. So you can imagine. You know, thinking about a particular use case for artificial intelligence. You know, we're going to use it in this way. We're going to understand who comes into our stores and what they're buying. And yes, of course, there's a huge kind of regulatory or data protection uh, sort of compliance measures that need to be in place to to even do it. But the other thing to think about, where a lot of lawyers and advisors add value, is to ask, well, should we? What's the kind of reputational risk or ethical risk of doing what we're about to about to do and, and at the same time you, you know the kind of the regulators and reputational risks aren't really going away in fact a lot of the kind of the ways these projects develop they end up opening up the business to potentially new risks and issues and new compliance and ethics kind of matters that i think they need to think through quite carefully and it's often going to be the advisors and lawyers who help identify the issues as well as some of the solutions that can help 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 solve them definitely um so we've talked about digital transformation projects and the benefits and opportunities they can bring but necessarily they do involve some complexity whether that be as you've just mentioned regulatory issues or making sure that all stakeholders are on the same page you certainly don't need to be a technology expert to carry out a digital transformation project but if you can get a working understanding from experts on the team, it allows you to spot issues that no one else will. Um, so, Vic, with all that in mind, if you were to give a bit of a, a, an overview or a checklist to advisors, um, particularly in the legal space, working on digital transformation projects, what are some of the things that you'd say you need to look out for this? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and a checklist is a good way to think about it. Um, often you know we can be presented with you know a brief for a new project or a contract or something and just look at that kind of in a bit of a vacuum but i think the wider context of the kind of the kind of business transformational projects we're talking about need people to go in with a bit of a checklist about what how they think they're going to kind of advise on it so so i I would say you know be thinking about things that i'd call sort of legacy issues you know things like you know data or systems or contracts or relationships that exist now how are they going to be impacted by the new project? Can we, do we actually, does the business have the rights to embark on this project given that kind of legacy stack that's in place, whether that's data and software or whatever? We've seen people get into trouble uh, with that kind of thing in, in the past. Um, I sort of mentioned the regulatory and ethical context. Um, and yes, there are always kind of regulatory or data type issues, but I'm sort of more talking here about how the project opens up the business to another kind of vector of, of regulatory risk. So it could be that you're a tech company, but suddenly you produce something that means that you be regulated like a medical device, um, or that you're a, a bank that is somehow now playing in the consumer con- consumer credit consumer sphere because of this app that you've launched or something. So being mindful of where you're moving into. 
Um, and then more broadly, I'd sort of be thinking about, you know, having a focus on what the end objective of the project really is, because, you know, it's going to be up to the kind of the technologists and the solution and engineers to work out the kind of practical way to get there. But I think a, a lot of thing we hear kind of very senior lawyers uh, and people who add value to the businesses think about is, is to try and have that in their mind, the objective, so that, you know, at each stage of the advice that you're sort of giving, you're able to kind of keep that in in mind. Um, the other thing is, I think it's really important for all the kind of people on the team and the wider business and stakeholders to kind of go on this sort of journey. So if they kind of understand that there's a step that is required to be put in place here, whether that's a contract or an, an impact assessment or pause to understand what we're doing and what the implications could be. That's important to be able to sort of communicate. Um, and the final thing is we sort of mentioned some of the processes and, and and partnerships that often enable this kind of project. I would also just be mindful that, you know, working with third party partners in this space, they're not necessarily going to be thinking of the risks and objectives that you and the business have. But if you communicate them with them clearly enough, then it's more than likely that they'll kind of, you know, work with you in the way that you need them to. So not not quite the short checklist you're after there, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> no, but definitely very helpful. I think I'll bear all those things in mind next time I'm, I'm tasked with helping out with a digital transformation project. Thanks very much, Vic. Yeah, thanks, Vic. You've done a, a sterling job in the in the expert hot seat for this podcast, but um sure you'll be hearing from Vic again on the, the host side of the microphone uh, later in the series. Um, do subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're using uh, to ensure you can automatically get the latest episodes as and when they're published. Um, we really hope that the roadmap is is going to be useful for lawyers, um, for procurement professionals and other business leads as well. And we'd really love it to be as interactive as possible. So if you have a particular interest area or a topic that you'd like us to cover in the future, um, so perhaps that's an issue you've come across regularly or which is impacting your business, particularly at the moment, then please do get in touch with us at theroadmap at bristos.com or use the hashtag theroadmappod. So all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with you soon uh, next time.